Hello and welcome to Eisner Amper's podcast series, where we try to dig a little deeper on the accounting and finance issues facing business professionals and their clients. Today, we're looking at some of the potential economic impacts that individuals and businesses may feel as a result of the current government shutdown. I'm your host, Dave Plasco, and with me today to shed some light on these issues is Michael Imber. Michael is a managing director in Eisner Amper's Financial Advisory Services Group and heads our public sector advisory services practice. Michael, welcome and thanks for being here. Great to be here, Dave. Thanks. So obviously we're not a political show, so we're not going to look at the government shutdown from, you know, from that standpoint. We're really going to examine it from a business and finance standpoint. I think it is best that we save the partisan discord for the pundits on TV. Yes. Um, so most people may think of this shutdown as only affecting, you know, a relatively small group of government workers, but that's not necessarily the case, is it? No, not at all. In fact, the longer this drags on, the more this shutdown is going to impact our everyday lives as individuals, in our businesses, and especially in our state and local governments. Now, let's start with tax. I, I know that you're not a tax guy. But there are some definite concerns here, and, and why don't you share those with us? Well, for one thing, it's kind of ironic that uh, the IRS is not considered an essential service, so they're very short-staffed over there. If you pick up the phone and you've got a tax question, there's no one there to take your call. Moreover, as I understand it, preparing the new forms for 2018 is not done. So when we all want to file our taxes might be a little bit of a problem if you don't have the right forms. You know how the IRS is a stickler for that sort of thing. Yeah, in fact, uh, some news just came across my desk a few minutes ago. The White House released a statement saying that all tax returns are going to be processed and there there shouldn't be any uh, delays on people getting their refunds. That's going to be a little tricky when only 12% of the IRS is, is actually working at this point. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath on that one. What else can you tell us that might impact individuals? Well, I think we're probably going to end up seeing some sort of impact in the stock market. I mean, we've seen estimates that say that the country's GDP will lose about 0.1% every week of the shutdown. We're now entering week three. I think Standard & Poor's had estimated that the shutdown costs the economy about $25 billion a week. At some point, that's going to catch up with us and rattle the confidence of the stock market and people end up losing money. Yeah, they'll definitely see it in their 401ks. Let's look at it from an organizational perspective. What are you hearing there? Well, the government's not making loans anytime soon. The whole business of processing loans is pretty much on hold. The FDA isn't reviewing any new medical devices. Uh, certain nonprofits that have been dependent upon government grants, they're on hold. So it reaches into a variety of business sectors. The million-dollar question is, what will all this mean given the current strong economy and the historically low unemployment rate? Is it going to rattle the positive results that we've had for the last couple of years? Okay. Now, your particular area of expertise is state municipal governments. What do you expect to see here as a result of the shutdown? Well, if this shutdown doesn't last more than a few more days, it won't be too bad. But the longer this persists, uh, the bigger the impact it's going to be. And I think that the real long-term implication is on state and local budgeting and fiscal sustainability. Uh, overall, the longer this goes, the more this is a credit negative for state and local governments. 
couple of areas in state and local government I'd like to touch upon. One sure. is pu- public safety. Already, we've been hearing stories the last couple of days that the TSA workers are coming down with blue flu. These mm-hmm. are the these are the men and women who man the security checkpoints in our airports that have to continue to report to work, but they're not getting paid. I flew back from Florida yesterday and made a point of thanking everybody, even tried handing people some donuts, but they, they weren't allowed to take any gratuities, but they appreciated it. But with the blue flu, with people calling in sick at JFK and a few other airports around, around the country, uh, it can create obvious safety risks and ultimately diminish economic growth for the region. So public safety is one big area. Another area that I think everybody should be able to sympathize with is the social service impact. People who are dependent upon the supplementary nutritional access program or SNAP, their benefits are going to run out just in a couple of weeks. And that exacerbates a hunger problem, a malnutrition problem, could have a domino effect with people visiting the emergency room. Landlords, despite what some politicians may have talked about, are going to have an unreliably mixed reaction to renters who cannot pay their their rent. And there could be temporary or even permanent home displacement. The third area that I'd wanted to talk a little bit about would be in the area of consumer prices. What's less widely understood is that January is the month when a lot of farmers go looking for crop loans. And the single biggest lender in this arena is the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And like we discussed a few minutes ago, Dave, the government's not making any new loans. This isn't like a delay to starting an infrastructure project. The timing for seed planting is critical to having a successful harvest. So if this shutdown compromises the planning and planting cycle, America could be looking at big price increases for bread, meat, poultry, all because grain and vegetable supplies could end up being short. Um, If farmers are successful in getting loans from, say, banks instead of the USDA, maybe they'll get the money that they need, but they're going to be paying higher prices. Uh, And that all ends up impacting the consumer. For state and local governments, this kind of budget impact is going to have an adverse effect on public school districts and universities that have to spend more money on food and uh, those prices get passed on to the consumer. Okay. Now, in your public sector world, I don't know if the phone is starting to ring off the hook yet from clients for, because of this, but if, if and when it does, what do you tell them? What I tell them is this is just yet another example why state and local governments need to get a grip on fiscal sustainability and tighten up budgets. If the government is wrestling with a trillion dollar annual deficit, there's going to be a predictable tightening in block grants to states, social programs are going to get cutbacks, and this federal shutdown is just going to exacerbate the problem. The advice I give states and local governments is eliminate structural deficits, make the hard decisions now, start building up your reserves, your cash reserves, so that you can weather this storm and others that may be coming down the road. I think we're in for a volatile 2019. And ultimately, if you're dependent upon the federal government 
to support a big chunk of your budget and you can't count on that, you're going to need some cash reserves to weather the storm. Okay, Michael. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed that the government gets their act together and, and gets gets back on track and starts serving us, the public. And I thank you for your expertise and your insight here. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. And thank you for listening to the Eisner Amper podcast series. Visit EisnerAmper.com for more information on this and a host of other topics. And join us for our next Eisner Amper podcast when we get down to business.